drink cinema. Jeez. Welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We are two brothers reviewing movies two drinks at a time. I am Lee. Welcome, Brett. Thank you. This week, we are reviewing the cult of all cults. If you are not an actual cult, we're not reviewing a cult. <laughs> we are viewing the Manson family. We are reviewing the cult movie of all cult movies. If, as we said in the preview, you are between the ages of 40 and 46 and a half. That is The Princess Bride. Yes, we are here to discuss whether The Princess Bride is actually a good movie or just Gen X millennial crap. Xennial is the in-between. Gen X. No, Xennial is not a word. Xennial is a word that Gen X people made up so they don't feel old. Yeah, so they can try and connect to millennials. Yeah. Even though millennials are fucked anyway. (laughs) We're going to... uh, Okay, Boomer. Well, that's it. Oh, Boomer. God. <laughs> What's a cult movie for Boomers? Uh, you should look into that. Um, like The Godfather? I don't know. That's not a cult movie. A cl- <laughs> We're going to find a cult movie for Boomers. If you've got any idea, get in touch on the socials at Two Drink Cinema on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. The first thing we do every week before we get deep into our review is to review a drink. Make a drink and review the drink. We found, or Brett found on the Google, one called A Fire Swamp, which we didn't know was about the movie because we hadn't seen it yet. Yes. But we decided to make it. So we are going to go and make that cocktail and then we are going to come back and taste and review. Yes. All right. The Princess Bride Cocktail is called the Fire Swamp. The Fire Swamp, named after probably the worst part of the movie. Named after one scene of the movie. Yeah. Um, But we are going to drink it because I like Fireball. You do. And I... I smelt the creamy soda that's in it (laughs) and I was exported back to the 90s. Yep. Um... And as we talked about in the preview, there's a lot of nostalgia around The Princess Bride. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of nostalgia. Do you know an adult that drinks creamy soda? I don't know. I don't know if people drink creamy soda anymore. Well, there were three different brands of it. And one brand had three different colours of creaming soda. So we could have got green creamy soda, red creamy soda, or brown creamy soda of one brand. Right. But I Did you say green? Yeah. That doesn't seem natural to me. Well, (laughs) you can see the colour of the red. But we went with brown creamy soda because it goes with the fireball and goes with the liquor 43. Looks all right. All right, ready? I could smell the creamy soda. I was sitting at the table getting ready slash doing stuff I should have done before I got here. While you were pouring the cocktail over at the bench and I could smell the creamy soda. Yeah. Um, So it has 60 mils of fireball. No, that doesn't sound right at all. One and a half ounces. Yeah, what's that? We worked out that an ounce is... An ounce is 30, yeah. So 45, it has 45 mils of fireball. Yes. 15 mils of liqueur 43. Which you said... 
uh, smells like smells brown sugar, sweetie not kind teen of, spirit. Um, it's Spanish. It's a premium liqueur produced in Cartagena, Spain, from a secret Spanish family recipe. That's why it costs $80 a bottle. <laughs> and you're going to use it for one drink. Well, no. From When we get to the end of the year... We're just gonna we're gonna make up our own cocktail. Yeah, our own two drink cinema cocktail. Yeah, um, and it will be whatever's left on your cocktail cabinet, which so far will probably be chartreuse and liqueur forty three. <laughs> the cocktail's gonna be chartreuse, liqueur forty three, and absinthe. So good luck Christmas episode and bitters. <laughs> All right, so we have right. a fire swamp. Um, creamy soda, creamy liqueur soda, forty three, plenty of ice in there. Fireball over ice. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers. The smell gets you wow. before the taste. That's um. In no, that's all right. You I know think what you know what we need, and we need another Patreon to be able to do Stare this. It. We need cocktail stirrers. The little metal because my thing. second sip Is was ninety percent fireball. My first sip was ninety percent creaming soda. I can feel I can feel my insides warming up as that's, I drink it. That's my pen, but that's <laughs> oh, your pen actually. <laughs> but I needed to stir it. It's it tastes. You know what? This is going to sound like a stupid thing to say. Yeah, tastes like fireball mixed with creamy soda. <laughs> it does. The liquor forty three. I don't think is adding much. It's 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 sweet. Yeah, but it's not too sweet because of the fireball. Yeah. That might be my drink of... Ch- Do you reckon bars in Melbourne have creamy soda? There was. I went to a cocktail bar last night. Okay, I went to a few. Yep. Um, and one was pretty much like... So this is Brett's 74th cocktail this weekend. <laughs> it was pretty much like, which of those three bars made a good French martini? One of them did. Okay. Um, and it was the one any that was the than, most expensive. Any better than yours here, though? No. Okay. Um, could we, should we choose a movie just because it has a French martini in it? Well, we'll just do a French movie. Can we do Amelie? Yeah, we'll (laughs) just do a French movie. Oh, we did the French Dispatch. Yeah. We'll make a French martini and go back and add it to the episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this one bar, which is like a famous-ish, I think, uh, cocktail bar in Melbourne called 1806, they base a lot of their... Cocktails on Isn't that music. Stephen King movie yeah, with yeah. Matthew Broderick in it? <laughs> That's <laughs> no, terrible. No. Is it Matthew Broderick or Isn't John Cusack? It? John Cusack. Oh, whatever. They're the yeah. same. Um, as long as it's not John Room Cusack. 1406. John that Cusack is, I think. played the ghost that possessed the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were pretty much like, name a cocktail and we'll make it kind of thing. Yep. Um, so you'd hope that. So you're, I will, next time I go there, I'll go, can I have a. Um, Princess Bide Fire Swamp, please. Yeah, can I have a fire swamp and a Turk's blood? Yeah. And whatever we come up with for Fern Gully. Because <laughs> they were like, they have the the uh, the wait staff. Yes. That are like, here's our um, list of our yeah. cocktails we've made up. But tell us. But tell us if you have something or if you're feeling something, we can make a recommendation. We didn't need to. Like, I was just like, French martini. I'll have that one next time on French martini because I had got to test it out everywhere I go, yes. apparently. Um, and then this table of people next to us, one of the wait stuff came up and they were drinking the drink. And the waitress, she goes, Oh, 
how's everything going over here, guys? And this guy, quite loudly, mm. goes, oh, it's all right, but to tell you the truth, the recommendation that the other waiter gave was shit. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, okay. Don't hold back whatever the male version of Karen is. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you reckon? I went to... So, if any mixologists are listening... We want to invent our own two-drink cinema cocktail. And I want to do it like a speakeasy I went to in uh, San Diego. Yeah. Where you just go in and you say, I like this kind of thing. And they just invent a cocktail. They don't have a menu. Yeah. So I oh, went. Okay. So our friend Josh went in and he goes, uh, make me something that tastes like Christmas. <laughs> so he just went away and it was like, Cream and cinnamon and chocolate bitters and it did taste like Christmas. And I was like, oh, Jaffa, because I like chocolate orange. Yeah. Shake, shake, shake. And then we go. So any mixologists that are listening, this is your opportunity to reach out to 15 people in our episodes um, to talk to a cocktail that we've invented. But this is the fire swamp. It does taste nice. It does with going with the nostalgia, yeah, it does kind of taste like an old school drink. Yeah, you know, it tastes I mean? like a tarax with fireball in it. <laughs> you know, when you used to get the crate of glass bottles delivered to your house, and then you just send back the empty ones. <gasps> the reason one I drink this bar had. Yes. Speaking of nostalgic drinks, they were like one of their cocktails was like whatever alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. Yep, mixed with sarsaparilla. I was like, oh, Ooh, fucking sarsaparilla. I'll order the one that has Portello in it. Yeah. <laughs> I want one with Pashona. <laughs> yeah. No, the reason I asked if I we think general bars will have creaming soda, I don't because I don't know if it's creaming or creamy soda, number one. Yeah. There's probably a difference. If anyone's listening, let us know. Get in touch on the socials. But sometimes I want to go out and have some drinks, but I don't want to just do shots of Fireball. Yeah, but you so want to drink fireball, so you need yeah. something mixed in with if it. If I can order a fire swamp, yeah. even if they don't have liquor 43. Yeah. Because you can't... Just fireball I'm, and creamy soda. You can't really taste like it. And no. liquor 43 and creamy soda kind of smelt the same. That kind were, of vanilla-y sweetness. Yes. So that's it. That's a it's nice. fire swamp. I'm getting through it a lot easier than the cabaret cocktail. I'm not going to have to finish that. it for you no. this week. So uh, we the go. recipe will be on our socials um, and you can make it. And at the end of the year, the recipe will be in the Two Drink Cinema cocktail book. So make sure you're on board for that. We'll be back in a sec with our more detailed review, talking about the non-alcoholic aspects of The Princess Bride. Yes. Two drinks in a Okay, cocktail done, cocktail reviewed, episode introduced. Yep. The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Can I tell you my first thought? Um, yeah. Let's start at your first thought. Hopefully. A very good place to start. I don't feel after this many episodes I should ask have to ask your permission before contributing to the podcast. No, next time but you I ask your anyway. permission for something, I'm going to say no. <laughs> um. Carrie Yule's is so much prettier than Robin Wright. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> ridiculous. Like, and I don't know. They would, you know what? Hitler would have fucking loved this movie. Oh, yeah. Carrie Yule's could have been the kid that 
sung the Hitler song in Cabaret. <laughs> a very random comment for me to say. <laughs> no, we just we just came off Cabaret. The Aryans, you know. They would have been like poster children for Goebbels. Yeah. And tomorrow belongs to me. But in like a, a vaudeville style with carials <laughs> and men in tights and yeah. with a bit of sword tights. fighting. and Yeah. I was going to ask if Hitler was big on swords, but we don't need to spend a whole episode no, talking about We Nazis talked about enough about Nazis <laughs> last episode. Them last week. So we're going to talk about carials who I feel like should have had more of a career because he can act and yes. he's very pretty. And it's like that, I think the way he acted or how he started his career and the two movies I've known him from that aren't Saw are that they're very similar. So it's just a very um, niche thing of stupid comedy with a bit of romance, taking the piss out of yourself. Yes, and taking the piss out of the genre. Yeah. But Mike Myers takes the piss out of cinema in every film. But he's Mike Myers, I guess. It's a little yeah. bit different. But, yeah. And, but then I guess, like, I don't know Robin Wright from much. I This, Forrest Gump, I, get, that's a, I couldn't really, House of Cards, couldn't really name any things that she's done. Yeah. And Sean I don't Penn. know when she, <laughs> I don't know when she's Robin Wright and when she's Robin Wright Penn. Well, she's Robin Wright Penn when she married Sean Penn. Yeah, but, like, when is that? In which period, what did she do while she was Robin Wright Penn other than Sean Penn uh, as opposed to what did she do when she was Robin Wright? Like John Cougar Mellencamp. What did he do when he was Johnny Cougar? What did he do when he was John Mellencamp? I right. don't know that stuff. It's a very, is, is that important to know for you? Not about Johnny Cougar. I don't care. He just sings about redneck shit. Redneck shit. But also, I know Robin Wright is Robin Wright in The Princess Bride. And she, I know Robin Wright is Robin Wright in House of Cards. So sometime between 1987 and 2010 or whenever House of Cards started, she married and divorced Sean Penn. She was married to Sean Penn from the 27th of April 1996 okay. to the 22nd of July 2010. If you were Robin Wright, would you hyphenate though? Like you've got a career... Just be Robin Wright. She's not Nicole Kidman Urban. Yeah, that also doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> no, she's not Nicole Kidman Urban. One, not a great sounding name. It doesn't roll off the tongue. No. Two, you're fucking Nicole Kidman. There's like, you know, Robin Wright isn't the same level of I reckon she A-list is now. as, I don't know. It's like House Rita. Cards, I mean, Woman. If you're Rita Wilson and you didn't take Tom Hanks, you're not Rita Wilson Hanks. Like, yeah. why? Okay, that's a, di- that's a different <laughs> thing as well. Also, oh, I guess you couldn't be Deborah Lee Furnish Jackman. That's stupid name. That's too, that's too long. <laughs> oh, well. But she's also not an actress. Yes, she is. Well, she was once upon a time, maybe. According to a lot of people, she's acting quite well as a Ooh, wife. Oh, no. <laughs> Kelly Preston. <laughs> Pull one out. Not the, <laughs> not the creamy soda, because I'm quite enjoying it. It is uh, a movie. It is. It's a romance, comedy, action, fantasy. Okay, so I've got to tell you about a bit of an issue that I've had recently. In the, actually, in the last two movies that I've watched, 
Okay. No, not the last movies, all the movies we've watched since we were out back in cinemas. Two out of the last three and a half movies I've watched, I've had this problem. Two? Okay. Is one okay. of them when we watched King Richard and there was only one other person no. in the cinema? Yes, we watched King Richard <laughs> uh, and there was one person in the cinema and even that person couldn't sit still for two and a half hours. Yep. I thought, what are they going now for? And then the credits rolled. They went two minutes. Yeah. They left two minutes Just before like, the credits yeah. rolled. She didn't even hear the best part of the movie, which was Beyonce's song at the end. But she must have seen it before. Yeah, I was thinking that as and well. And she was bust into the other toilet or beat the traffic of us there. two leaving. I don't know. Maybe she had to go by like 8.30 anyway. So this week, in the last seven days, I've seen The Princess Bride, King Richard, Tick, Tick, Boom, and half of Diana the Musical. Okay. Because <laughs> I could not watch more than half. Oh. But but I thought Kristen still was good in that. Oh, <laughs> so I, I I'll I'll save my more detailed thoughts for our awards special because I'm covering the Razzies, which is why I get to watch half of movies, <laughs> which is why I get to watch Diana the Musical, and you go and get to watch the Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, <laughs> and I only watched half of it, but. The issue I had with The Princess Bride, and I also had it with Tick, Tick, Boom, is that it took me 20 minutes to work out or settle into what the genre was. Oh, okay. Like, Tick, Tick, Boom, it took me 20 minutes to just go, oh, it's a musical. Yeah. Which I should have realised because it's about a guy who writes musicals. Yeah. Directed by a guy who writes musicals. Yes. So it's about the guy who wrote Rent, Directed and written by the guy who wrote and directed Hamilton. Yeah. So, and then in the Heights. So, I should have realised that, but it took me 20 minutes, which meant I didn't really get into the first 15 or 20. And the same with The Princess Bride is that I didn't realise that it's it's just a comedy. It, it's a comedy, mm. yeah. It's a... It's a comedy with other genres underneath it. Yes. Not... An action romance comedy. It's yeah. a comedy with action and romance in it. You know what issue I've had with cinemas lately? Is people. the restlessness of crowds. Like we've said before, I think, that people have been used to for the last couple of years watching movies in their lounge room, being able to get on their phone, talk to whoever they're watching it with, pause it to go to the toilet. Pause it to go and get another drink. I was about to say... The worst thing about the pandemic is that people can't go to the cinemas properly anymore. But yes, that's wrong. That's, no, <laughs> that's well down on the yeah, list. Yeah, it's well of down bad on the list. Things to do with the pandemic, um, like death, and, like death, and you know the fact that my business has struggled to survive the last year. That all is well above the fact that people can't wait two hours before going to the toilet. Yeah, we went to see it at one of our favourite cinemas in Melbourne, the Astor Theatre. Yes. And we love the Astor, but one of the... uh, So, yeah, I'll get to that other bit about the crowd in a sec. But the the restlessness. The movie goes for about an hour 40. Yeah. One guy went to the bar three times. Bar slash bathroom, not sure. Yeah. So... But if he was going to the bar that much, I think one of the trips would have been to the toilet as well. You come in with the drink you bought at the bar downstairs. Then because it was Valentine's Day and Shane was a third wheel or you were a third wheel, it was hard to tell, um, you got a free glass of bubbles. Yeah. So you enter an hour 40 movie with two drinks. Yes. We're two drink cinema. Yeah. 
We didn't need to buy two more drinks. No. But this guy did. Yeah. It on, a, was, yeah. on a school night. On a Monday. Yeah. Did you, there was also other people that, to, slightly to our right, yep. had the two free glasses of bubbles. Yep. And then also a bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, they're going to get drunk and she's getting lucky tonight. One, I reckon one of the things is the glass of bubbles was upstairs and we didn't know about that. Yeah, true. But the bar's downstairs. Yeah. And so I think people bought stuff and then went up and was like, oh, shit, free bubbles. I'm not going to say no, as we didn't. And so they ended up with lots of drinks. Mm. But then once you're in... You just sit and watch the fucking movie. You're in. It's an hour 40. It's also a movie you love. Yeah. and But this is one of the things with the Astor is you're quite often seeing movies that you know, which then means you can duck out for five minutes to go to the bar or the toilet and you know what you're missing. Yes. Whereas I always need to go to the toilet during a movie. Yeah. But I didn't leave during King Richard because I thought I might miss something. Yeah. You know, a mention of Serena Williams for any, by chance. Yeah. All four of them. I didn't miss it because there weren't many. But in The Princess Bride, people could leave because they kind of knew what was happening. And it was very clear to the whole theatre that 90, 95% of the audience knew what was happening. The, 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 um, the general vibe of the cinema was good. Mm. Like it was ve- it was pretty much sold out. It's the fullest I've been to an event since yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Um and you know everybody's like woo when the when the movie started people cheered. It's like great. People love this movie probably they haven't seen it on the big screen before. Good on you. And Cheer. the Astor's a big screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um but then then they started to annoy me during it. Like clapping when people said certain lines and cheering and laughing before jokes were made. Yes. Because you know they're coming up. I get that it's like it's a 35-year-old movie. You can't just be like, some people haven't seen it, whatever. You know what I mean. But it was still, it wore thin. So I likened it to watching your mate's favourite movie with them. Yeah. That you haven't seen. Yeah. Right? And they know the jokes are coming. And, like, we were one step short of someone going, oh, let's, this bit's coming. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, oh, watch this bit. Yeah. Which people have done to me. But I make sure when I show people my movies that I like, like when we showed our American friends The Castle, yes. I just sit there yeah, and laugh after the joke. But then when I watch The Castle for the podcast with Shane, I laughed before because I know Shane knows all the yeah. jokes too. Yeah. So... The the winner of the audience for me oh. was the guy who I don't think has ever seen a Looney Tunes ah. episode in his life. Yeah. So this doesn't normally happen at the Astor, but they showed a Looney Tunes short before The Princess Bride. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily a Princess Bride-related one. No. It was an opera one. Um and it has this big start and there's this huge shadow of like a Viking and there's a storm happening, da, da, da. And then it zooms down and it's Elmer Fudd. Yeah. And this guy 
thought it was the funniest thing he's ever seen he on a big screen. He thought that the most comedic character in movie cinema history and TV and cinema history is Elmer Fudd. Yep. It's like he's never seen anything as funny as, as Elmer, Elmer Fudd, Fudd going, Viking Helmet. We're hot dick wabbits. I mean, it is funny. Yes. But, like, come on, mate. Is it really that funny? And that guy must have seen The Princess Bride before, but he laughed every time like it's the first time he's ever heard the joke. Yeah, and it was quite a boisterous laugh. It was just like a... <laughs> yeah. And this is a, like, thousand-seat cinema. Yeah. And we were two bays away from him. Yeah. And we could very clearly hear this guy. But he's having fun. Yeah, good on you. And Have that's fun. Comedy, as I eventually worked out, The Princess Bride is, <laughs> is all about. Um, you know who won this, the crowd for me? Who, yeah. There was um, certain parts in the movie where it's quiet. Yes. And something like not, it was kind of romantic or a bit serious happened. Yeah. And the movie was quiet. The whole crowd was quiet. The whole, everything was quiet. A person decided at that exact moment (laughs) to open a bottle of champagne. (laughs) So it was deathly quiet. And then you just like, boop. (laughs) And half the crowd laughed. And I'm like, now that is comedic timing. That's timing. timing. Take a note, Sean Wallace, Wallace Sean. That's comedic timing. Speaking of Wallace Sean, he's got a voice. It's it's like very it's like character actor. There are only certain types of characters he could play. Yes. His voice is grating. Yes. But that is part of his character actorness. But then we did have as much as we love the Astor. There were a little sound issues. Yeah. I don't what? know if it was like the sound wasn't loud enough, but it was just some of the the dialogue wasn't loud enough. I think it enough. was the mix. Yeah. So there was a little bit too much of the mids, yeah. which meant Wallace Shawn was like piercing my eyebrows. Yeah. But then like but Andre, Andre the, Giant the Giant was like... Yeah. One, you can't really fucking understand what he's saying. He's a wrestler anyway. anyway. Yeah. But... I could have seen... Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger doing that actually. Oh yeah, for sure. It would have worked very well. Yeah. Um, Wallace Shawn has a line that people laughed at early. So not only were people laughing at jokes before the jokes were told, people were laughing at jokes before the jokes became jokes. Yes. So if you've watched the movie, which I hope you have before you listen to our review, Wallace Shawn says inconceivable a number of times. Yes. And he says it the way he says it, which I'm not I'm not the impersonator on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't nah. do it. <laughs> so inconceivable. No. He says it in his way. And it is very funny at some point when Mandy Patinkin goes, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Yeah. But people laughed the first time he said inconceivable. Yes. When it really becomes a joke the fourth time. Yes. Yeah, like it's building up to the fact that he's saying like things are inconceivable when they kind of are. But then, you know, it's like it's building up to a by the fourth or fifth time he says it, that's when it's actually conceived. It doesn't make sense. It's being conceived. It's being conceived. And Mandy Patingan's like, I don't think that means what you 
think it means, but then he says it five or six times after. And another time that that happens is the priest at the end, who we know, if you've watched it, has the funny voice. Oh, my Lord. I actually laughed at that. That priest at the end, Yes, that was like, I feel like Rob Reiner, the director, went to the priest, whose actor name I forget, um, and was just like, mate, 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 have you seen... The life of Brian. Yeah. He goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he goes, just put on that kind of speech impediment. Just be... To make everything you say funnier. Just be biggest dickus and pilot yeah. in one speech in impediment. In one thing. Yeah. Speaking of life of Brian, I just started listening to another marketing podcast and the host of it is named Brian Cohen. Oh, God. And I listened and I'm like... I know that name. I know that guy. <laughs> Why do I know Brian Cohen? What other podcast has Brian Cohen been on? I'm like, no, he's Brian Cohen of Nazareth. Yes. From Monty Python. Um, go back and listen to our Monty Python episode if you haven't yet. It's very clear that the nostalgia and the memorability scores of the Chad S. Minquo scale are going to be high. Yeah, depending on, especially if you ask certain people who. Um, Maybe we saw the movie with. Yeah. Um, their nostalgia and memorability could be quite higher than ours. I I think it's a good movie. I think it's a well-written, good-performed movie. And I think in order for the locks not to be changed at home, I need to make that very clear <laughs> that I think it was a good movie. I think part of the flaw was my own thing, not just going... It's Carrie Yules and Rob Reiner. It's a comedy. Yes. Like, I should have just gone Rob Reiner, 1987, comedy. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I expected an adventure. Well, it was a bit of an adventure. Yes, but all under comedy. But also, like, very tongue-in-cheek and doing it in the grandpa telling the kid the story allows them to do... The tongue-in-cheek stuff. Fred Savage is good. He's very good. as the kid. He's very. He was. He was a good actor once upon a time um, before he hit puberty. No, he still is a good actor. Remember, he's the only good thing about Friends from College. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, all the yeah. rest are assholes yeah. and shit characters. That's true. And he's the good one. He's the le- no. He's the least shit. <laughs> but he's also the good acting one. Yeah. He and acts. his directors. He directs a lot now. Yes, and he. Um, uh, what was and I he still say? doesn't sound like Daniel Stern. And like his voice hasn't gone that way yet. Yeah, that's awkward. That was miscasting, obviously. Mm. The grandpa, Peter Falk, is he someone? He's made Columbo other movies before. Yeah, he was Columbo because the crowd cheered when he came on. I'm like, I don't know this guy. Whereas I recognise Billy Crystal's voice and people cheered for Billy Crystal. I'm like, okay, you can cheer for Billy Crystal. Yeah. But I didn't know. It was also funny to watch the movie and then the credits at the end. And then um, Fred Savage is, you know, it just goes through the thing, blah, 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 blah. Fred Savage is like five years old or something yeah. ridiculous. And it's like Fred Savage. and But then it goes, and introducing, introducing Robin, Robin Wright, Wright. Which is... Obviously, you can have, you know, she's probably youngish as well. But it's just weird it's not introducing Fred Savage. Yeah, because he's obviously done things before. Yeah. Um, Robin Wright, at the time of the movie, 
is 24. No, 23. Oh. 1966 she was born. The acting was quite good. Um, yeah. She's very good. You like the people you're meant to like. You don't like the people you're meant to not like. Her accent's very good. Robin yes. Wright's ac- accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, a, as a British. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Princess Bride, yeah, first. And then Forrest Gump, Message in a Bottle, um, the film clip for Sting. No, an actual movie. Unbreakable, uh, The Conspirator. Anyway, and it, I'm not going to go through a whole You're thing. not going to go through a whole IMDb page. <laughs> yeah, please. Because we got trivia coming up, so I might have just ruined it. So, there's not too... I, I, think, I think a lot of... The movie is a good movie. Yes. It's not as good as people of that age will tell you it is. What do you think our equivalent of that is? Well, I like... I I love Jumanji, so I'm not going to judge about people's nostalgic taste in movies. And we will do Jumanji some point in the future. Yep. And it may have not aged very well. So I'm going to say it is a good movie. I enjoyed it. It's funny. I would have enjoyed it more if I could hear more of what people were saying and people weren't laughing over the jokes that had already happened. Yeah. I, I do like going to see a classic or a cult film with an audience like that that is revisiting it and loving it. But this one was a little bit much in terms of the crowd laughing before things happened. Yeah. But I think it's a very enjoyable movie. Everybody acts very well, even Andre it's, the Giant. It's very well cast, casted. For as cast. much as we talked in the preview about other alternatives, the cast is very good. Yeah. And... This is like, that's Care Eels. That's what he is. Yeah. That and Robin Hood. And it's partly that's what he is because he didn't do anything else except cut his own foot off. I actually saw a movie yesterday. Yeah. And one of the previews was a movie that's coming up. With him in it? With him in it. And Jason, Jason Statham and Aubrey Plaza. How bad is that? I can't even remember the name of the movie. Oh, yeah. I've seen that preview. Um, he, oh, I clicked the wrong link. Filmography, with, film. With random Josh Hartnett in it. Like, where oh, yeah, have he's you making been, a, Josh He's Hartnett. making a comeback. Mm. Um, Operation Fortune or Mission yes. Impossible 7? Operation Fortune or something like that. Yeah. He was also uh, in <laughs> the movie that I thought about assigning us as a new release last year for Christmas with Brooke Shields. Of God. A Castle for Christmas. Kerry Yules. Kerry Yules plays Duke Miles. That sounds terrible. The story follows best-selling American author Sophie, Brooke Shields, who travels to Scotland to escape the scandal of her last book. She visits the ancestral village of her father, whose own father worked as a groundskeeper at the estate of a nearby castle. While there, she ends up falling in love with the castle, Dundunbar, stupid name, but also, but must also face off with the ill-tempered duke who owns it. I am... Um, well, and then on no, the poster, they're hugging. Oh, well, so spoiler alert. the premise is she must face off with the ill-tempered duke who she ends up hugging at the end. Yeah. 
But that likes that was like that. Oh, will they? Won't they? Oh, we're just friends. But why don't you come home to my family for Christmas? Because you don't have a family. Oh, and my family. We've been friends for so long that we should be dating. Oh my God, they end up dating. What a shock! Single all the way. <laughs> was that single all the way? Yeah. Shit house. Christmas movies trash. Anyway, except for Die Hard. Oh, for fuck's sake. More nostalgic Gen Gen <laughs> X shit. No. Gen X annual <laughs> bullshit. I'm just going to bag Gen X and just because they're going to be the most sh- thing about it on the socials. Never say. Yeah, there are certain movies you can't say bad things about. Because Gen X still use Facebook. Yeah. Gen X and boomers are the only ones that use Facebook. It is an enjoyable movie. I can see why it is. Um, we're back on Princess Bride now. Yeah. Um, why? It, <laughs> it is an enjoyable movie, Terminator why, 2 yeah, Judgment Day. I can see why it does have that nostal- <laughs> nostalgic factor. Yeah. And it would have been that if it's 35 years and people that are 45 now were 10 and they watched it. Well, if you were Fred Savage's age and yeah. now you're also Fred Savage's age. Yes. Then <laughs> you'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. So my... I don't really have anything like... My husband is in the age bracket I mentioned. Yeah. He was nine when this movie came out. Yeah. So I think him up into the early teens is the target for this kind of movie at the time. But it's also one of those movies, I think, where a lot of kids' movies are made now where adults will go along and watch it and enjoy it as well. It's that... Yeah, I Before do. Before that was a thing. I do think it's definitely accessible for both ends. You know what? One line I really thought kind of was like, "Oh, that's unnecessary." Um, well, I can't I, think of any because, in terms of unnecessary lines, the only ones I have in my head are from Diana the Musical last night, and I'll give you one shortly if you like. Um, to w- the the end, right? Spoiler alert! Even though everybody listening should have watched it, but also. You just know anyway. He's going through and they're fighting and whatever. Something happens. I can't really remember. And then Robin Wright, um, poor little buttercup, goes back to her thing. And Carrie Yules is in the bed. Yes. And then she's in like, oh, my God, he's dead. Yeah. But he's not dead. Um, He's just like Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. Can't move his bits. And then he says something like, you have a magnificent pair of breasts. Or yes. I was just like, oh, that that doesn't quite fit with oh, the she was tone gonna, of the she movie. She was going to stab herself in the breasts. He, and he was like, well, you have a magnificent pair of breasts. You shouldn't ruin them. Yeah, I was like, oh. What, so she can die? Just keep the boobs? Yeah, just stab around the boobs? Stab under the boobs? I don't know. And it keep the like, boobs I was intact. just like, oh. At least she didn't get pushed the, in front of a train. That wasn't the smartest um Line in the movie. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in our uh, awards episode. Yeah. But would you like to hear a terrible line from Diana the Musical? I don't know. Was it a bit of a car crash? Oh. Too soon? <laughs> um, at some point she sings. It Anyway, I'm not going to go into it too deep. But the movie goes very quick. And in the space of one song, she has both her sons. Oh wow! Okay. So in the to first two verse, men. wow! In the first verse, she has William, and in the third verse, she has Harry. And then she sings to Harry, "Harry, my gingered-haired son, oh, fuck. you'll always be second to none." Oh my god! 
That's not the worst line in their musical. Oh, no wonder he married Megan and left. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, I just anyway. I'm, anyway. Is it meant to be taking the piss out of? I don't know. We'll but talk like, about it in more depth. If you think like, about Princess Diana, would you pick rock musical as the genre? Oh, if I think of Princess Diana, I wouldn't pick any musical. Like you could do a musical, but you could do a sado musical. You could do a jukebox musical based around Candle in the Wind, nineteen ninety seven version. Yes, not also. Yeah, I don't know. In the movie, in the movie on this stage, whatever bullshit it is, the Queen can't sing. Oh, the person cast is the Queen yeah. can't sing. Yeah, oh. which is terrible because she's the Queen. Yeah, that's blasphemy. But that's the Princess treason. Bride has a Queen. And then has a king, but then the king dies, but then there's an old man at the wedding that yeah, might be the king. Th- I thought he was dead. It was because it jumped. There was a bit where it kind of jumped back, but then it wasn't real. So I got confused. Yes. Because it was like, this is how it ends. But that's not how it ends. But then it's back again. But he was king. Because then Billy Crystal was like, I used to work, you know, I used to work for the thing and now I'm not. <laughs> like, that was awful. Yeah. Um. So at one point, I don't know. I it think was, it was just it was another very old. Confusing. I think it was just another old man that liked her. But he still was wearing a crown. Maybe he was the prince consort, the nah. queen's second husband. Nah, they fucked up. I okay. don't know. There are other little bits of it. The thing that the only like kind of bad things, um, I would say, was some of the effects. I didn't notice effect issues. Well, like the eel, the eel in the water looked complete, like absolutely ridiculous. I think it's meant to though. And then the little whatever things in the fire swamp, the uh, oversized rodents. What are they called? Unusually sized rodents. Yeah, you know what got the funniest? Okay, there were. F- there were a couple of lines that probably aren't meant to be as funny as they are, but now yes. they're funny. Obviously, watching it in Australia, yes. when he mentions Australia and it's like, oh, Australia, that's full what of I criminals. think. They're just full of criminals. That got a good laugh. Rodents of unusual size. Yes. R-O-U-S's. Um, the other one is... Oh, Andre the Giant. Why are, you wearing, why are you wearing a mask? Why are you wearing a mask? And he just goes... Oh, it's very comfortable. I think everybody in the future will be wearing it. <laughs> yes. That was actually like not meant to be that funny, but in these current day and age Although, of mask wearing. I'm so over wearing it. I would happily wear a mask over my eyes instead of my mouth at this point in time. Yeah. It's been two years. Um, it's funny. It's well done. It's well acted. It's very Rob Reiner. I should have realized that sooner. The other thing that I saw that was... They're having their Ford side, their sword fight. Their fuck, their sword, the the fireballs kicking in. Their sword fight. Yes, and it's on the you know the dirt ground, and they're jumping and then landing. Yep, you could you like, it was padding covered in dirt. <laughs> yes, yeah. when they land and you just see this whoop. I'm like, I'll give I'll give you a pass on that one. I re- I really liked the fight scene. And how they complimented each other. And there was like, the joke's on you. I'm not left-handed. And then he's like, you don't know. I'm not left-handed. Yeah. 
That was done very well. And the sword fighting and the choreography to do with the sword fighting was done very well. I think as I got into it, more of those jokes taking the piss out of the genre and taking the piss out of cinema generally and kind of that thing um, work very well. Mm. I have a serious question. Yes. Um, In the grandson's bedroom, on the wall, there is a cardboard cutout of Santa. Yep. Is this a Christmas movie? <laughs> I know that small references make things a Christmas movie. Don't small references. It's on fucking Christmas Eve. Well, clearly, this is set the reading of the book. Maybe of the kid the just movie. likes Santa. Well, so then... he's got his cardboard cut out of Santa next to his cardboard cut out of, I was going to say Michael Jordan, but it's too soon, of a Chicago Cubs player. Because he's got a Chicago Cubs shirt up in his room. Bears. Whatever. Chicago. There's three teams. Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Bulls, four teams. Red Sox. No, that's a Boston. That's Boston. Cubs. Yeah. And then there's a hockey team too. a hockey team, but who cares? Um, Yeah. There you go. It's not a Christmas movie. That's my question for everyone. It's not a Christmas movie. It took me 20 minutes to work out that it's a comedy. Don't challenge me now (laughs) to make sure whether or not it's a Christmas movie. So, trivia every week. Yes. We are going to do another Six Degrees of Two Drink Cinema. Two Drink Cinema. Yep. And this week we are going from, obviously, starting at The Princess Bride. Yeah. And I've got a random number generator. Okay, good. Which I have put the numbers between 2 and 110 because we've not done 110 movies, but the list has 110 episodes. Okay. So if I scroll and it comes up with something... Where it's not a movie episode, we just hit random generate. Okay, again. just refresh. Okay, so generate eighty three. Scroll through Excel spreadsheet to number eighty three. Spartacus. Spartacus. Okay. The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. And Spartacus. Spartacus. Right. So it doesn't okay. have to be. It doesn't have to be has been in a movie together. Okay. Oh, I don't have a notepad. Hmm. So, okay, The Princess Bride to Spartacus. Okay. Jesus. The Princess Bride to Spartacus. Oh, my Lord. We might give the people some yeah, thinking Yeah, we might need some thinking time for this because this is an interesting ding, one. Ding, 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 ding. My brain's not working. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. My brain's not working because I'm singing the Jeopardy music. Yeah, that's all you can. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do two things at once. I'm trying to go with like a this connection, right? Okay. Who is this person, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and then, what movies have they been in? Because we've recorded two episodes on the same thing, I was trying to connect something to Chris Hemsworth, but that's from The Cabin in the Woods, (laughs) which is coming out a little bit later. I then also linked it to someone that I don't really know how much, what movies they've been in. I've just linked something to the wrong Robin Hood. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I linked something to Kevin Costner instead of Kerry Ulls. Yeah. Um, Okay. Is that a link? Have both oh, played have nah. both played Robin Hood? I think that's a bit... <laughs> it's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. Okay. Then I won't do that one. Oh, God. Then. It's a tough one. 
Maybe I need to go a different route. Can I link uh, Mandy Patinkin to Anthony Edwards because they both worked in Chicago hospitals? (laughs) 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 I keep trying to get it to someone more recent and then I can't think of other movies they've done. I suppose she was in that with him. So that opens up a lot of doors. I think I've got something. Okay. I don't know if it um, fills the six degrees. All right. Well, um, I, I think I've I think I've done it in three steps. Okay. Okay. So you go first, and then we'll see if you allow mine. Yeah. All right. Okay. Princess Bride was Robin Wright. Yep. Who was in Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks? Yep. Who I think was in the Terminal with Catherine Zeta Jones. The Terminal. Yep. Who was married to Michael Douglas? Yep. Whose father is Kirk Douglas? Okay. Who is Spartacus? So I went. I. You know, in my linking to the wrong Robin Hood. Yes. I went, Kirk Douglas is the father of Michael Douglas, who was married to Catherine Zeta-Jones, who was in Entrapment with Sean Connery, who was in Robin Hood <laughs> with Kevin Costner. So I, I will not allow that. I, oh, then I linked Kevin Costner has played Robin Hood and so has Kerry Eels. Okay. So do you need me to check? I'm pretty sure that Catherine Zeta-Jones was in Terminal with Tom Hanks. Terminal. Okay. Terminal, the movie. Tom Hanks, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Stanley Tucci. Cool. Do you want my three-step one? Yeah. Uh, Stanley Kubrick directed Spartacus. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick directed Eyes Wide Shut with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise stars in and produces Mission Impossible 7. That's Carrie Eel's next movie. Ooh. <laughs> it's on his Wikipedia page. Oh, post-production. True. So I've beaten you two mm, weeks in a row. I don't know if that, he hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. But no, but is Tom Cruise in the new one? They've met. Tom Cruise owns Mission Impossible. You know how you know how I'm going to link it? Yeah. Um, Michael Kirk Douglas has met Robin Wright. (laughs) (laughs) No, they've been in a movie together, right? Carrie Eels and Mission Impossible Seven. There's probably a quicker way. That's as quick as you need. I've done it, mate. There's a better way I can work out. I think. But, hey, I did it anyway. Mission Impossible 7 is an upcoming American action spy written by Christopher McQuarrie. Stars Tom Cruise. Name, 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 name. Newcomers include... Newcomers to the to the franchise, obviously, not newcomers to film. Yes. <laughs> include Hayley Atwell, Pom Clara, and Carrie Eels. Done. I, the other way I was going to go was... I'm allowing it. ...was going to go like um, a similar thing. Yep. And go like Spartacus, Tony Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis. But then I, I couldn't think of any like Jamie Lee Curtis movies. So then I wrote down A Fish Called Wanda and then I got stuck. A Fish Called Wanda. Then I'm like, Kevin Klein got nothing. Yep. Jamie Lee Curtis, True Lies. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was going to be in the- <laughs> Yeah, who will have met the producer yeah. of... <laughs> I smashed that. Kubrick, right. Cruz, Elwes. Kubrick, Cruz, I tried to link Nicole Elwes. Kidman to Robin Wright. So the way I got it modern was to get from Kubrick to Eyes Wide Shut, which left me with Kidman and Cruz. Yeah. And then I remembered from our discussion earlier this episode that he's going to be in Mission Impossible 7. Nice. Well done, me. Well done, you. All right. So that's that. We're going to go into 
our Google reviews. Next. Oh, okay. So, reviews. First, we've got thoughts from Bryce on the Patreon. Cool. But here's his mostly memories. Yes. Which okay. we've already discussed. Yeah. The man in the black outfit scaling up the tall cliff takes forever. Yeah. Which is joked about in lots of other movies. Everyone cheered for the quote, my name is Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepared to die. Yeah, he says about 18 times in the movie they cheered every time. Yeah. like, And he says it back to back to back to back. Bryce liked the inconceivable. So I feel like Bryce might have been one of the people that laughed when it first was said. Yes, okay. Rather than later. Yeah. One of Bryce's favourite scenes is the poison scene, which we didn't mention, where... Um, oh yeah, very well written. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, so I can't pick this, and yeah, then yeah, this yeah. because I can't pick this. Yeah, and then, but then after all of that, um, Kerry Yules says, "I poisoned both. I've spent the last few years building up a tolerance." Yeah. <laughs> it was funny with that, and then the tracking of, and when the prince was tracking, oh, the tracking the, was very and he just funny. Knew everything. Yeah, yeah. So that was Bryce's. That's a good. That was a very good main scene. memories. Uh, and then he said the end, which I don't know means that he likes the last scene or oh. whether <laughs> just that title that says the end is a very good yeah, title. It's, it's a good font. <laughs> it's a um, good font. I actually one of the funny bits was when um, she pushes him down a hill. And then and follows then, him. And then it's like, as you wish. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, ah. And then she just jumps down the hill as well. I think one thing about the ends, they all obviously ride off into the sunset. But then before that, when she jumps out of the window and her dress is all billowing, but then she just, catch, under the giant, just catches her. Yeah. Hello, oh. hello lady. <laughs> I felt bad for that horse that Andre the Giant had was to riding. Ca- oh. Did you notice? Some it, horses were harmed in the making no, of this. The, that horse was considerably bigger than the <laughs> other horses. It was like, can I have I three? Four, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can I have three beautiful white horses and then can I paint a Clydesdale white for Andre yes. the Giant? Yeah. <laughs> can I paint an elephant white and we just call it a horse? All right, Google reviews. I've got a five-star one. Let's start at the top. This one caught my eye because it's not actually about the movie. <laughs> Great. That's the, always a good way to start. So this is from Barb. Oh, Barb. The Princess Bride was released in 1987. My nephew and his finance were so taken by... <laughs> I'm just reading it, it's written. My nephew and his finance, oh. so obviously he's taken his loan manager out to yeah. dinner, Yeah. and his finance were so taken by the movie, they fashioned their wedding after it. I thought it was a fun idea and wrote a letter to Rob Reiner, thinking he might like hearing how well it was received. Oh, come on, Barb. They were surprised to receive a wishing-you-much-happiness-type letter from him, plus posters and small souvenirs. They framed the letter and a poster and displayed it at their reception. The point of this personal story, I guess, is Princess Bride is special. I always enjoyed watching the movie. Through the years, some of the lines from the film remain part of our everyday language. Like, inconceivable. That's still a part of language. That was my. That's a, that's I a word. That. Barb didn't write that. Yep. I finally sold the video on eBay when DVDs <laughs> took over. <laughs> Not long ago, the Princess Bride cast and Rob Reiner hosted a pandemic fundraiser on Zoom. I was anxious to see it again, but not to be again special. Tonight, I was on Hulu looking, tired of police drama medical films. I wanted a feel good film, and there it was. Yes. So I'm sitting back, snacks at my elbow, and watching The Princess Bride for the umpteenth time. As Wesley would say, as you wish. Five stars. <laughs> okay. Barb, <laughs> put down your knitting, Barb. 
Oh, no more. Barb. No, I don't think Barb needs another glass of Chardonnay <laughs> tonight. <laughs> oh, Barb. I have one that doesn't quite make sense. This is a four-star review. Okay. It's I'm ready. It's quite a long one. Four's an odd star rating. Oi. Roger Ebert. Oi. Bragging o the killing, are ya? Killick means walk, path, yeah. Speak with it. <laughs> Y'all are so lean and dandelion, I can't imagine there really are daisies nearby. Buttercups, like a Waldo cup of tea, what a crop of vomit that plants for me. I thought, so others do, that we that my test was quite lent. No, it ain't nuts at all. I don't know what this is. This is was so it written random. by um, it's Eminem or Dr. Dre or something? No, I thought it was written by bloody Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I beat them all to shit. Ooh. Oh, language some, warning. Some literal shit. Their pants in my company, but we were drunk and I haven't met most of my mothers. Lol. I'm going to stop there because I actually don't think this has anything to do with the movie. But, but. Film is a dull old rue ride dear road bin in work ganto to koi bin far. That, uh, is that English? Okay, four stars. <laughs> yeah, I've got another good four star one that's okay. a lot shorter. Then I've got two one star ones that are great. It is a very good film and I love it because it has lots of detail to it. Okay, good. A lot of the one star reviews uh, don't understand what the point of it was. Like that it's taking the piss. It's like, oh, it's so corny. There's so many cliches in it. (laughs) Or this one. I've got three now, one stars, because I just found another one. I think that the best actor was the boy for acting like he was interested in the story. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's savage. That's Fred. Fred Savage. I didn't even mean that. Okay. This one. To be very honest, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen and I haven't even finished watching it. Oh, God. (laughs) Unless you want a boring snooze fest or just some background noise, I wouldn't recommend it at all. It's quite upsetting that I have to sit through the last half of it for class. I'm dreading it. The men in the movie were also terrible, except for the giant. He carried the entire movie. Oh, literally. Take this as a warning to not watch this movie and if you're forced to sit through it because of school, I empathise with you. Oh, wow. Then Mickey says this, one star. I watched this movie last night with my brother and dad and it was horrible. The movie had coarse language and blood, which I am clearly not allowed to watch. Also, there was too much kissing. That's right. I absolutely hated this movie and I'm never going to watch it again, ever. Eight people found this helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Google reviews. There we go. Great. I have two more. Okay. Four stars, this one is. Yep. IDK, kind of sus. That's it. That's it. What does that even Um, mean? And the last one to wrap up really what this movie is all about. Almost as good as Ants and Shrek 2. (laughs) (laughs) Ants is good. I will say that Shrek 2 is better than this. Ants, not so much. Shrek? Two isn't better than Shrek One though. Yeah, it is. So does that mean the Princess Bride falls somewhere between Shrek One and Shrek Two in quality? Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. All right. So the Chad S. Minquo scale. Yes. Okay. Now let's go through 
the Chad S. Minquo scale, we've realized in the last few weeks that I am no good at maths. We already knew that, but I'm no good at adding up the Chad S. Minquo scale. So I'm just going to pause for a sec okay. so I can make sure I've got the maths right before we do the Chad S. Minquo for the Princess Bride. Okay. Jeez. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. If you'd like to support us further, head over to patreon.com slash two drink cinema. As a patron, you gain access to exclusive bonus episodes and can contribute to the making of Two Drink Cinema. The support of our patrons can help us go from a D-grade flop to a box office blockbuster. Patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema. Cheers. Okay, so Chad S. Minquo scale, I realised, I think during the episode last week about Cabaret, yes, that I was giving it out of 45 when really it's out of 75. Oh, so it's a bit skewed. Because for the S. Minquos, we each give five. So when we go back through the year, Wayne's World and Cabaret will be out of 75. Even though right. when we talked about Wayne's World, we're like, I've got 36.75 out of 45. That's really high. Yeah. But 36.75 out of 75, not, not so, so high. So, still a, no, not even a pass. Isn't that the, that's it, isn't it? That's even. 36.75 and 36.75. Oh, is that I thought you 75? said 75. Never continue. 50%. Yep. Um, did I cry? No. Oh, neither. Uh, it's a big house. Oh, there's a fucking castle. That's a three. That's a four out of three. It's a castle. Yeah. <laughs> because if big is Kevin McAllister's house. But on average, there's no house because they're walking through a bloody forest or whatever. No, but where do they live? But it, then it's like a castle. Then it's also like a normal house because that's where Fred Savage lives. Oh, yeah. Then there's like a little hut with Billy Crystal. I'm sure Fred Savage lives in a double-story house. We only see one room. It's three. Three. We're doing full marks. How alcoholic is it? No. Do Do they drink at all? Do you include poison? Do you include the number of drinks that that guy sitting in the row opposite us has? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) It's a very alcoholic cinema. five? Zero. One. I don't think they have any drinks. I'm sure there's drinking at some point. A glass of wine. Yeah, we'll go mead. one. I'm going to go with one. Coke or Pepsi? What do you think Fred Savage drinks? Uh, Pepsi. Pepsi. Oh, we like Fred Savage, it's, but he drinks Pepsi. It's Pepsi. Yeah. It's stand-upness out of five. I mean... I'm going to give it a 4.25. It's still a good movie. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Like, it's a good movie. It's still funny. Maybe a three and a half. Okay. Memorability. Now, we can't score memorability for ourselves because we've never seen it before. But on the generally memorability... I think it's a 4.5 again. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Impact. I don't know about impact. I think it really had impact. Like... I'm giving it a two and a half. I don't think it really changed. Uh, two. Nostalgia. Five. Five. Bloody exennials. Quotability. Now, a lot of people... My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die is an iconic quote. Yes. But it's not quotable. 
Because you're not going to use it in everyday life. You don't use it in everyday life but unless quote, you are an ego Montoya and your father's been murdered. But it has memorable quotes. Okay. So inconceivable, that inconceivable, I think people as use. As you wish. As you wish, I reckon people use, not us yeah. older people. I'm um, going to give it a three and, and a half. I'm going to give it a... Yeah, same. Three and a half. It's quotable, but like... Okay. Yeah. Yep. Overall, if I had realised it was a comedy from the start, I'm going to give it a four overall. I was going to say a four as well. Okay. You're allowed to say the same thing. So your S Minquo scale is 22. My S Minquo score is 23.75, Ooh. which gives at an S Minquo score total of 45.75. Lucky I adjusted the total because this would have overscored the total (laughs) based on last week's numbers plus the five we gave it from the chad five Uh, yeah oh we gave it a three for house a one for alcoholic and a one for pepsi is a five for chad plus a 45.75 for s minquo so out of 75 this has a 50.75 that's the highest we've had yet so uh, Cabaret had a 42.75 and Wayne's World had a 36.75. Mm. So obviously because we've added nostalgia, quotability and memorability, that yes. has given The Princess Bride a higher score. Yeah. It's yep. good. I would recommend it to people. It's a family. You can watch it with your family. Well, not according to that kid. Oh, God. In too that much, review before. Too much kissing. Too much kissing. Do you think it was just... Yeah, obviously... Um, Fred Savage thought there was too much kissing as well. Not enough Billy Crystal for mine. He comes in, smashes it, you know, does what Billy Crystal does. Does what he does, does the same thing in Macbeth. Um, And that's Billy Crystal. He should host the Oscars again. Don't worry about Regina, what's her name? I don't know. I don't know why the Oscars needed to go from zero to three. And can't you just... Let's discuss that in our Oscars special that's coming up. You've been listening to Two Drink Cinema. Thank you for joining us for our review of The Princess Bride. Coming up next is The Godfather. So get on to watching that. If you would like to uh, contribute to that, then sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema. If you sign up, this is the last episode out, I think, where you sign up. No, there's one more episode after this. Whereas if you sign up, this is the last seven days in which you can sign up and get yourself a free stubby holder at any level. So do that uh, because we want to give away a few more to our listeners, patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema. If you don't want to or can't contribute financially, then give us a rating and review. A few different platforms now can do that. So if your platform can give us a review, that would be great and share it with your friends. Thank you for your thoughts on the movie, brother. No worries. We'll be back. Next week with, or later this week. Slightly different movie. With The Godfather. Yes. As you wish. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Drink Cinema. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Please share with a friend and leave a rating and review. It goes a long way to help us reach a bigger audience. This show is produced by Odd Sox Entertainment. For more of Odd Sox Entertainment's work, including the show notes for this episode, follow the link in this episode description. 
Follow us on all your social platforms and join our Facebook group to connect with us. Thanks for listening. Happy watching and drink responsibly. Cheers. Let's have a chat. An open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. No pants, no problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at NoPantsPod.